and welcome to Space Battles, a transformative real play podcast that reimagines the latest trilogy of a popular space combat franchise. If you're joining us for the first time, stop here and start with the first part of a shattered galaxy. Otherwise, previously you will have heard. <laughs> electric Rock, Electric Rock, Electric Rock. Who's a Sith Lord? Possessed by a Sith Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of possession going on. Lots of uh, cutscenes from uh, Revenge of the Sith. Darth Tenebris had a lot of meat until he suddenly didn't. Mia had yeah. a revelation um, that no one else was thinking about and was like convinced that she was probably like having it real slow when she was the only one who actually had it. Mm-hmm. He didn't even share it. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't. I didn't want to like draw attention to myself. It was something. I think it was starting the connection between. You know, it was the rule of two. So it was the realization yeah, that, that um, he was talking about an apprentice, but that this probably was. And Velamin had mentioned he had a master, yeah. but that this was probably not the link. Um, right. So. Um, yeah, your your realization was that uh, Tenebris had uh, seemed very much uh, like he was operating outside of that, um, and that you know he had mentioned his apprentice betraying him. Right, and um, it was probably not Velamin who spoke in sort of a a good way about about well, his um, master. Right, um, and who is very much under the impression that his master is like alive or functioning or you know mm-hmm. whatever his master as is. a body yeah yeah um well we don't know that um nothing's for sure it's not a it's not a rock is kind of what we've been yeah um and and definitely is on some kind of terms with him that would preclude uh treachery hmm. well and we do yeah. also know that tenebris's apprentice is uh plagueis yeah he mentioned who his person was mm-hmm that was confirmed later on. Um, <laughs> that was why the rule of two was important, is that Mia remembered, like, Sith are supposed to only take one apprentice. There's only ever supposed to be two Sith in existence at one time. Um, and then after he got got beat up a little, he just sort of winked away. Yeah. With a very disappointing, we'll never talk again, which I feel like is an extreme way to end a conversation. But Yeah. A nasty breakup, certainly. Yeah. And then he blew up everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it's very disturbing. Very gory. Yeah. Uh, So with that, uh, you were left in a room that is lit uh, very little, only by the, you know, the leftover, like the residual crackling of red lightning. The console, thanks to Kiyama and Eshka's work, is a uh, smoldering broken husk that is no longer providing power. Um, the refinery itself has started to spin downward, um, not into the earth. The, the machinery in the refinery has started to spin down functionally. You have ahead of you on either side of the you know large brass dais in which the crystal that was Tenebris's body, so to speak, his shell, his main shell rather, um, you do have a hallway on either side, exiting to the east and west. Um, as we talk about main shells, could I please get uh, from everyone either xenology or education? 
Man, I'm smart, but I sure garnered a lot of threat there. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> Dangerous. All right, which Dangerous. one? I'll try Xenology. Nope, I don't even have a blue dice. Sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> I definitely failed that. Uh, so, Eshka, this has probably been bothering you for six to eight months. So the realization, uh, the thing, everything finally falling into place actually de-stresses you, even though it is a very stressful revelation, um, as evidenced by the three strain that I am going to charge Mia as this occurs to her. Good thing I upped my grit and my writer and my right, kids. On Felucia, on Felucia, you guys were attacked by a Rancor. Yeah? Normally, Rancors are very docile creatures. You've just seen Tenebris take control of a very large wild animal. Is it possible that someone who maybe knows his arts or maybe have le- has learned from him or perhaps has even stolen his knowledge took control of that rancor in some fashion and attacked you with it? Like who? That's another good question. That's why Mia's so stressed out. Mm. Tenebris did not seem to know you, so there is a implication, perhaps, that there is someone out that there is someone else out there who knows what he knows to some extent and has been using it against you. I've got a bad feeling about this. Is yeah. that shared? <laughs> I, I mean, do you share Eshka, that, Eshka? Yeah, Eshka and Mia oh. come to this conclusion, but oh yeah, because. Brian keeps talking up how, oh, they were controlling the ranker. Ah. The way more concerning thing is that literally any person we've ever talked to, ever, could just be this other thing. No, I have a really strong, strong suspicion of who it is. Really? <laughs> Velamin was the moth on the base of the True Empire camp on Felucia. Mm-hmm. We didn't exactly make a subtle entrance. I was worried he was going to come after us down there, and apparently he did. Or at least someone with similar abilities. Could be Velamin. In addition to that, I'm saying we can't trust anyone, any person, right? Taking over a beast, scary. Tenebris also mind-controlled, like, lots of people. (sighs) Um... DM, for what we saw with Velman's interactions with others on Felucia, was there anything that made it look like mind control? Or was it mostly just, like, you know, imperial fanaticism and loyalty? I will say... Give me a lore test on that. Lore or vigilance? I'll do vigilance. (laughs) I have... Hey. Okay. You don't think so. I mean, especially given that, um, you know... VC-20 was able to talk the the human and Bodajeffy true empire engineers away from Velamin's side. Um, pretty standard imperial fanaticism or bloodlust was probably involved. I mean, the engineers were arguably the most important part of the, the operation. If Velamin was going to mind control anybody, it would be them. Okay. So, yeah, I don't think they... If it is Velamin... Um, which he's the largest suspect at the moment. I don't think he can mind control people. He had plenty of opportunity to do it to us. I mean, Eshka 
was right in front of him with the manifest and bit him. She kind of like, Camel give Eshka like a, pulls her hair a bit loudly. And I, most of the people we saw around him didn't act this way. And he, if he could have commanded that kind of loyalty, I don't, I wouldn't, why wouldn't he use it in situations like that? Um, doesn't mean we need to be careful of it, but. Rona um, and up. He's, oh, he's, go ahead. Uh, Rona speaks up. He says, could be that it's draining in a fight. Um, maybe Velamin's not as good at it as Tenebris was. Could be hard to focus on doing anything else. Yeah, I'd imagine it's not easy. <sighs> um, and I think Kiyama will just kind of like, kind of walk away from everybody at that point and kind of go to the crystal and then to the line of what remains there are down the hall and just quickly try and do some sort of like acknowledgement of passing if there's anything there to do that for i'm not sure yeah um say some words get some get some sense of closure yeah i I don't even know if it would be necessarily words but just like honoring the dead kind of like i am acknowledging you're here and you weren't necessarily in your choice with this kind of thing yeah kind of just like yeah okay i like that there is the way that you guys have come in and then there is the hallways off to the east and west where do you guys want to go next after some respects have been paid um she's heading down the hallway to the west because that looked like the least like where tenebris wanted to us to go okay yeah yeah, yeah. well then uh head on up and uh, others are free to follow if they want so she walking down the long uh, steel-plated hallway you know this is if you didn't know better it would be um kind of a surprise that uh that you were even in an underground complex this is very much uh, removed from the rock walls and stone shapes prior you arrive in a well-decorated almost lush kind of room a red and gold carpet on the ground um shelves full of uh different like brightly colored though faded with time uh plastic cased somethings they look like discs uh maybe hollow discs writing on it um an individual has actually taken the time to get some kind of implement and write things down longhand some through the the writings what what's the gist uh one moment can you please give me another lore test i can okay Uh, so with a single success you can't comprehend the writings um but you can tell that they are written uh in a in a script uh that is the native that is the native language of a species called the Bith, B-I-T-H, Bith. Um, in the original franchise, the first movie to be released chronologically, there is a scene in a bar where there is a band playing a very famous song. The band members are Bith. Yeah, don't, 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 don't hum it. I hear you starting the bar. That is exactly the appropriate number of bars such that Alan Braverman can't do shit. <laughs> um huh have we seen any bith uh no actually <laughs> so what was tenebris before what was his species before he became 
spectral. Um, you can you can give me a lore test, Kiyama. Oh, come on, Kiyama. Come on. Nope. <laughs> How? How faded is this writing? Is this writing like super recent? Uh, no, it's very faded. Okay. Um, everything in the room as you walk through it uh, is old. Um, probably minimum of fifty years in most cases. I mean, yeah, I'll turn to turn to everyone and say, "Gut instinct is that this is where Tenebris was before he took over the the crystal." And I guess apparently he was at the very least he wrote in Bith, which is news. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also a wealth of um, some kind of knowledge on the shelves here. Yeah. In terms of size, is this, can we just take all of this? Uh, yeah, I think so. You, you know, you can stuff backpacks and so on with it. Um, it's also a place of industry. You know, you could find extra bags and cart it. They're all very lightweight. The problem is more volume than uh, heft. Is there, if I reach out with the force, is there anything that's particularly malicious? Uh, yes. Uh, the, the, the things on the tapes definitely have a bad feeling to them. At least some of them. Getting I'm more going specific to... than that would be... I'm, I'm gonna say that that's not possible, but at least some of these things are profane, as it were. Mm. I'll take those. And Kiyama will stuff them in her backpack. Um, there's a very cool looking helmet in the image. Is that helmet there in in game? Uh, yes, but it does not look identical. There okay. is a um, like a like a very broad, bucketed kind of helmet um, made to suit a an unusual skull shape uh, that is done up in matte black metal, chased with red in several different places. Um, doesn't it? It has a definite skull-like appearance, um, but is not just a skull. It is more of like a decorated, like a, looks almost machine-like, like a techno skull. I'm gonna try and pocket that as well then. Okay. Because yeah, anything called a techno skull is, it's gotta be cool. Right. As you pick it up, G, um, it pulls apart in your hands uh, with some dust falling in between the two pieces, and you realize that it's been carefully repaired, uh, but with a solvent that has, you know, just in the atmosphere of the planet over the course of however long it's been here, uh, has fallen apart. The, the, the helmet is actually in uh, two discrete pieces, and you can see some of the, the work uh, and the rebending that was done. Um, best guess, it looks like whatever happened to this helmet was massive blunt force trauma that warped it. Mm-hmm. And I apologize, I said solvent before when I clearly meant adhesive. Yeah, they're aerial solvents or natural solvents or something. Yes, yeah. Future reference, does this seem like it could maybe be bent again, but fit like a, perhaps a breathing apparatus? <laughs> uh, potentially, you could. You'd probably have to install a breathing apparatus into it. In um, carve out some space. It uh, it is. It looks as though it is meant to encase the whole head in a techno skull. So noted. Uh, there is also, uh, as Kiyama has noticed, a hallway to the south, 
Would you guys like to pursue more of what's in this room or uh, continue investigating the complex? I th- my votes keep investigating. I think a lot of the other, like, there's so much knowledge in this room that I'm super interested in, as well mm-hmm. as some hidden knowledge uh, that Kiyama has ferreted away. But G <laughs> at least doesn't really care about. That's not an immediate thing that's a pouring over the yeah. records later thing. Like a long term thing. Don't speak okay. for anyone else. Akiyama, you enter this room and it is similarly decorated, except it um, it is eschewed the steel plating on the floor of the other rooms and is built directly onto the bare stone. Although the the stone has been very carefully smoothed and uh, shaped into a set of stairs that rises upwards towards the eastern end of the room, all the to- all the while covered in the same rich red and gold carpeting. At the highest point on the set of shallow steps is a broad, uh, circular metal pedestal, very clearly identifiable as a hollow pedestal. Does it look like active, like just anybody could make a phone call? Um, not to your eyes, but maybe to a more trained mechanic, they could see what's going on. Hey, Ashka. Yeah? Don't turn it on, but can you kind of figure out either... Is this something that's been recently functional, or if there's a call log of it? I can sure try. Ashka, give me a mechanics roll, please. Okay, mm-hmm. so with two like successes, uh, you can tell just based on the way the housing is and the switch, nobody's turned on this hollow pedestal in, if you had to guess, you would say without irony, a hundred years. It is probably still functional. The only thing is that, you know, you and Kiyama turned off all the power to the complex. Right. So right, if you right, wanted, right. wanted to learn more, you would have to restore <laughs> power somehow. But as far as you can tell, there's nothing keeping it from running, except there's no power. Yeah. So it doesn't look like it's been used recently, um, but it looks like it could be used at any point if the power was on. Okay. I'm not really interested in turning it on. I was just more wanting to know if it had been used, you know, looked like it had been used recently, but I guess. Yeah, not recently. Okay. Which is probably good. Um, are call logs a thing? Um, not generally, no. We can't like star 69 and get. No, although you could, you know, switch it on and maybe access the, the last place to call. That seems reasonable enough to me. Noted. And so Kiyama, as you continue walking, you see... Uh, another collection of the colorful plastic data disks. However, these have been uh, ransacked. Each of the ends on all of the you know rectangular housings has been damaged, uh, exploded, burned. In some cases, it looks like it's taken laser fire. There's just a wide variety of sabotage that has been visited upon these disks and um, the the knowledge that they once held do i get any bad vibes off this anything in this room uh not anymore no okay if they if they were possessed of bad vibes those bad vibes fled when the debt when the information was destroyed it's sad so much knowledge lost as she laments the loss of all this knowledge that they could have used an alarm begins blaring in the background there is some kind of alert that is being sounded. Yeah, I was wondering when that was going to happen. We should probably get out of here. Um, so did we pack up all of the discs from the previous room already? Yeah, I, 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 okay. I, 
that you that was your stated intention. So I cool. just you know, and you could. So I assumed you did. Sweet. Yeah. I uh, mean, anyone want to do something other than run? Running sounds good. I'm happy to run. When okay. you when you mentioned the refiner, like, does it seem like with destroying the power, we have paused this mine? Oh yeah, definitely. And it's going to take a while to get it back, or is it like? Well, the infrastructure for power is still there. They would have to replace the console, which would take an amount of time, but not an ins- but not an insurmountable amount of time. Um, as biological creatures are fleeing, so everybody but VC twenty, um, I need a resilience roll from everyone. G, if you could hold back, because your difficulty is going to be different. Said resilience. Yes, please. Okay, and then G. You are free to go. Is it fair to say that this is a poison, venom, or toxin? No, it is not, but it is atmospheric. Mm-mm. Okay. Um... Okay. Uh, so everybody passes. Uh, I'm going to charge G one strain and Mia two strain. Um, you realize that maybe the reason for the alarm is that air quality down here is dropping uh, with the disabling of power. The fans that, you know, would vent carbon dioxide to the surface and uh, vent oxygen back in, you know, using some kind of negative pressure loop have failed. Uh, So your breath is just kind of piling up down here. You feel, both of you feel a little faint, maybe, uh, but you're not suffocating. The air is just getting worse, and kind of stale. Okay. I'm going to start holding my breath. Okay. And keep running. Alrighty. You are able, um, is there anything that you guys are doing on your way to the exit? Or is it just a matter of, you know, getting out of here now? You mentioned before for the refinery pit that we could disable this further by dumping any chemicals or doing something. Mm -hmm. Is there, just as we're running, is there like a quick thing that looks like it could be used for that? Or... Uh, I'll say anybody engaged in looking for that can make me an education roll. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, oh, hey. Oh, wow. Two successes for Kiyama. Yeah, at least some of these pipes are carrying, uh, they're, they're, you know, carrying waste water and, you know, byproduct out of the pool. They're purifying it. If you were to cut those purifying pipes and keep the keep the waste from being removed. Yeah, absolutely. Like you could foul this up very quickly. Can I do that with my lightsaber as I'm going? Yes. Yeah. You, you slash one of the copper pipes and like a big sludgy torrents of some kind of like, they look like a green goop from like a eighties PSA about environmental damage in a kid's cartoon. Uh, all of that starts falling into this otherwise crystal clear pool with the the big turbines at the bottom, and uh, this is going to be a bad day for them if if somebody tries to get this refinery back up and going. Cool. Um, I will keep running after doing that. Sounds as, good. As we get to the giant circular room, uh, mm-hmm. I see that there's a passage we didn't go down in the upper left. Yeah, there sure is. And it was a passage that people felt like. They felt like they were guarding it, and we're like, "Don't come down here. This is a place that isn't where we want you to go." Yep. So, with the knowledge that I can survive five minutes sans air, mm-hmm. I'm gonna run down that hallway real quick. 
Okay. All right. Uh, in the artwork, there's nothing, but there is a room um, that has been preserved in some kind of strange way. Like the, the room is pristine and untouched uh, down to the unfinished rock that makes up its floor. Uh, but at the same time, it's been very carefully lit and it has the the sense of like a museum exhibit or even a mausoleum. There's a certain stillness in the air. And in the far back corner, uh, there is a small uh, skeleton with a what looks like a small avalanche that has collapsed on it. And most particularly, there is a hefty um, there, there there is a hefty chunk of rock that has gone down into the skull of this skeleton, splitting it in two. Weird. Do I know roughly what a Bith skeletal structure looks like? Yeah, with the, the Bith suspicion from before built up, you confirm it and you know, you have the helmet, so you're able to uh you're you're able to test even a little bit. This is very likely um this is very likely Darth Tenebris's body or you know what his the last of his mortal remains. Alright. Um I assume I need to be real quick. So two things. I'd like to nick like tiny bone if I can okay. pluck off whatever the Bithian equivalent of a pinky is. Sure. Uh, just enough that presumably contains some amount of DNA in the universe of cloning. Um, mm-hmm. And then number two is, does there happen to be a lightsaber by the skeleton side? Uh, give me, please. I'm going to spend a dark side point. I'm going to spend a light side point. Give me a perception, please. He's no. Trying. Uh, and you're and you are starting to feel the lack of air. Um, I'm going to charge you another, charge you another strain uh, for those threats, but you do not find a lightsaber. Me, okay. And then I'll run out. Alrighty, BC20, you have uh, you have seen Xi uh, go up and examine the body pretty rigorously. Pretty rigorously. You're not 100 percent sure what they were up to the whole time, uh, but you're also not bothered by lack of air and things like that. If you want to, Senator, you can continue investigating the scene. Oh, ask G what they were looking for. Uh, yeah, I'll say this is Tenebris looking for artifacts like lightsaber or otherwise. If you want to keep looking, I would appreciate it. I will go ahead and repeat that look investigation, I guess yes. is the noun. Mm-hmm. Uh, please give me, please give me that test. The perception test. Okay. Uh, it is very stressful. Uh, there are several times where you are worried that you are going to bring down the the rock wall onto you, uh, but you you do find Darth Tenebris's lightsaber. Yeah. You also find something else. There is another skeleton underneath the the rock slide. Uh, something something far more completely covered by by the avalanche. Um, can I at least dig out enough of it to identify what species it was? Yes. Uh, the, the skull is a little bit more... It, the skull is fairly readily visible once you've dug out part of it, and it is also fractured very badly in several places, but it is evident from the very distinctive four lobes that it was a second Bith skeleton. Ah, that's interesting. I suspect that um, 
with or without the need for oxygen, we probably don't have all day to just find out how many skeletons there are in this avalanche. Yeah. Um, but I guess before I head out, is there any indication that the skeletons were trying to interact in any way? Uh, not from their positioning. The The collapse of the rocks has sort of disturbed whatever position they died in. Um, you know, the the weight of the rocks has definitely shifted and altered where the remains you know, eventually wound up. It it does look as though, you know, with Tenebris's uh, skeleton a little bit outside of the crush, it looks as though he was, you know, trying to flee, like the, the skeleton's facing away from the crush of rocks. But uh, overall, it's a very uncertain forensic situation, especially so far down the road. Well, I guess I will leave, rejoin the group with a lightsaber. Okay. And this has been CSI Space Battles. I, I think the rest of the people I think the rest of the people who couldn't breathe ran out because we right. didn't have the time. So we're yeah, so all at the would, entrance. Yeah, you would now all be on the surface. Uh my 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 only question for you now, VC20, is are you giving over actually me? She's gonna ask right away if you found something. Yeah, are you giving the lightsaber over to she? Um, see, if he had asked before the whole force lightning thing, I don't think the senator would have paused. But uh, yeah, I think the senator will be honest and say that he did find a lightsaber, um, but that given the owner, he would like to do a little bit more research on it before handing it over to anyone in particular. That's very, very diplomatic. If you would like any help doing the research, with the understanding that I will respect your eventual decision, please let me know. That's greatly appreciated. Respectful boys. The overworld is very confusing. There is the like the sound of loud voices and uh, arguing, shouting maybe from over the ridges near where. Uh, near where the uh, the the boat was parked and where the village was. The rush over there and pay our our mounting boat debt. Yeah, the the meter's been running for two sessions now. The other consideration is that there are around forty people who are just sort of wandering around the village. Um, when you are seen, uh, several people try to get your attention. Um, these are very confused people. Uh, so they're, they're, you know, just sort of shouting like, hey, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? Uh, things of that nature at you. Do any of them seem threatening? No, they're, I mean, they're, they're dressed in pretty prototypical rags. Uh, many of them are uh, actually kind of scantily dressed. It looks as though they have not been super well cared for. Um, there is more of an air of confusion. They're, you know, there's several discussions going on in and among, going on in and amongst themselves in a variety of alien languages, um, but it's mostly the 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 timbre looks like they're they're pointing different directions, they're pointing at each other. You can't really, you know, you don't speak all these languages, so you don't know what they're saying. Um, but as you guys are passing, you know, rushing over to try and get off the island, um, one of the uh, Zabrakians on the exterior of the group uh, is is trying to get your attention. And uh, calling out in basic. Yeah, we'll pause and turn to them and just sort of look expectantly like, what? What? Who are you? What are you doing here? Uh, so, I could, this is, 
This is a Zabrakian woman. She has like sort of uh, purplish blue and black mottled skin. Uh, the, the the signature horns of her race. Take it you don't remember how you got here? Uh, no, not even a little bit, really. Yeah, that's kind of everybody here. Um, where do you live? I I mean, she pauses for a second, like trying to definitely trying to uh, remember. Um, she's I I mean, Joe Mark. Last I checked, I um I was in I was in the huts employ. We we stopped here maybe for fuel or. Uh, some kind of leave. I can't really remember. She's she's very uh, foggy, kind of out of it. And we're on Joe Mark currently, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what you're I thought. No, uh, no, no, no. You're not. That's on, you're not on Joe Mark. You are uh, on Baldemnik. Oh, oh, well, shit. Um, you asked her where she's from, not the last place she remembers. Oh, uh, she. That's no. kind of though that what I was going is like how many of these people are displaced vastly. And gotcha. it's like, oh, uh, yeah. Mia, you want to flex that astrogation real quick? Always, always want to flex my astrogation, especially if it's going to go wrong. Holy mm-hmm. shit! I don't think I've ever had to roll that. Damn. Um. So I'm gonna have you regain two strain. That I was is tremendous. Say. Mia understands uh, the entire shape of the universe. Yeah. Sure do. Uh, you realize that you are a, a character in an RPG. Um, <laughs> Played so, by a random person in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so you you know that uh, Joe Mark is very is actually very close to Baldemnik. They're both in hut space. Um, and moreover, you realize that the sort of the way that the hyperlanes uh, are constructed, um, if you were leaving from you know Bos Piety, Varl, any of like the central hut locations, and stopped off for refueling or leave along the exit out of hut space to the north, uh, Baldemnik would be a pretty decent place to stop over, especially if it were a developing industrial planet. Nia's gonna convey some of that outward. The Zabrakian woman uh, kind of ignores what you're saying with this like very technical or strategic logistical explanation that your six success astrogation rule has earned you. And she just kind of shakes her head and she says, nobody really knows what, what we're doing here. Do you, do you know, like, is, is that your boat? She points at the, over at the shore where the, your Corian pilot is kind of looking nervously at the beachhead where there's 40 people gathered. We are your liberators. I was going to ask if they want the easy version or the short version, because we can't take all 40 people with us. Okay. Yama's getting short. She's wanting sure. off this island very badly. Sure. I kind of more attracted to G's very exciting answer. Uh, the woman says, okay, awesome. So how are we going to get out of here? Because that boat's not big enough for everybody. We're going to need a bigger boat. How long does it take to get back to where we came from? Uh, about two hours. Do we have a cost estimate on that? Is that, uh, uh, I'll rephrase. Mm. Do I think that I can convince VC20 to pay for however many boat trips are required? To get they, everyone off this island, uh, you would. I mean, knowing what you know about VC twenty, you'd be surprised if VC twenty needed any sort of convincing at all. Yes, but to be clear, VC twenty has already not had pockets deep enough for the things that I've wanted on this planet, and we sure. have not gone very many places. So I don't know. It, I don't remember the price. Is that like uh, achievable for us? Yeah, I mean, he, quote, he, he quoted you in the hundreds of credits. 
Um, okay. make, making several trips would, um, I mean, he could carry probably 15 people in a trip, trip, um, well enough. So if you took about 10 people right now and, you know, enlisted him for several more, uh, you could probably get out of here for, with everybody back to shore for say 1500. Okay. I will, yeah, look towards VC 20 and say, I think we should get everyone off this island. But I think we should also not trust the the driver, and I think we should have one of us in the boat at all times. Um, but I don't. I feel like leaving people here is leaving them to die, be killed, or be enslaved again. What do you say, Senator? Yeah, the senator agrees with that. Um, like you said, this does not require much convincing if he is able to pay for it. Mm-hmm. It'll be about half of the wealth that you have on hand, but it's it's purchasable. Yeah, it is worth it to uh, you know not just abandon a bunch of people on an island. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Okay, um, if there's no particular RP that uh, folks are wound that are folks are uh, wrapping up in that process, I'll I'll say that it's easily done. You know, you the the big thing is that it takes you back to the island, which I am getting the impression some of you want to avoid. And it takes time. Um, it's like a full day's work that you're kind of enlisting this guy to do. So he's not necessarily thrilled about it, but he is thrilled about making 1,500 credits. Um, uh, so if, unless, you know, people have specific things that they want to talk to these ex-workers about, um, or if there's anything specific that they want to do back in port while waiting for the transportation to conclude um i'm gonna say that you guys can get back on the parry and break atmo away from uh baldemnik i think only thing i would want to try and do is see if there are any people who want transport back to a safer less hut controlled place are you phrasing it like that um no, I'd try to be try to be real coy um, and just say to everyone before they get on the boat the first time, you know, if anyone, we're happy to bring you back to insert name of port. Um, but if if anyone needs uh, to get someplace else, um, I know we're right on the border of hut space, so I'm not sure if people want to stay in a hut controlled area or be taken to someplace that has a different aesthetic. Uh, just let me know. Uh, the name of the port is Conmaeus. Conmaeus. There we go. I uh, know. Talking to people, they're pretty happy to stay in Conmaeus. Um, the you know, as as multiple people described, like they've been in the huts employ. Um, it it looks like they're the the general sort of picture that you start to get is that these are people who were somehow abducted out of Conmaeus um, during stopovers. All of them describe having like their last memories being um, on or near Baldemnik before stopovers or, you know, assuming that uh, Baldemnik was on their intended route. They're not, while they're not where they expect to be, they're not any place that they're completely unfamiliar with. And they're all actually pretty happy to return uh, into the employ of the huts. Hmm. So presumably that means everyone is like, we're not dealing with particularly low rank folk then, right? Because like the hut hut employee spectrum goes down to slavery, 
basically. Yeah, like these would be, um, you know, if if slaves are in a corporate parlance, unpaid interns, uh, these would be salaried employees. Doesn't mean the salary is good, but yeah. it means that their work was consistent and they knew it was going to. Keep they're not. Coming. They're not at a point where they want to take the gamble, huh? Interesting. Right. Okay. So hmm, mm-hmm. my initial thought was that uh, the huts were working with Tenebris, but it, I assume. No, I mean, mentioning this isn't who they send over. No, mentioning the name Tenebris, if you do, just draws looks of confusion. They, you know, several people are kind of interested, like they, they have like fleeting memories of mining things um, or digging stuff up. But really, like no, there's no real impression of uh, memory. And this also, you know, absolutely contravenes his story that these were vat-grown individuals. This yeah. does make me wonder, though, how much of this, like, whether or not Tenebris might control the huts. Yeah, I mean, it is an interesting question. Because he has the capacity for mind control and mass mind control as well. Right. So how can we be sure that there isn't some slug somewhere that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, G's, uh, G's paranoia is really starting to get to you, huh? It, it's literally every. I think the only people that we can for sure trust are VC20 and Magrunin. And that's it. I don't think I would go that far because I trust everyone in the party, but it does make me nervous. You guys are all feeling what Kiyama real- has been feeling since she realized there was mind control because she has no memory of six months of her life. So she's really wanting to get off the fuck this planet. <laughs> she's yeah. not okay. That's yeah. Uh, Kiyama, if you could actually give me a vigilance Wow. Oh, uh, I am going to spend a dark side point. Okay. Uh, two successes. Uh, so you do hold it together. I'm going to charge you a strain. This is really uncomfortable, though, for you. Uh, this is incredibly uncomfortable uh, because the way that these people are acting and feeling and describing their t- is pretty much exactly how you have. Oh no! Oh no! She. I've been thinking. Yeah, she's been yeah. thinking about this. She is very, very uncomfortable by this, and it is. Why, if you guys all remember when that first happened, she said, we can't, don't even trust yourself. We, we gotta, she is not okay. <laughs> Which is, she wants to fuck off this planet. And the, the, maybe the, maybe the upside to that, um, or, you know, the silver lining is that you do know one surefire remedy for fixing uh, mind control, if that's what happened to you, which is to just uh, have them crash land a spaceship. And the physical hey, trauma takes care of from there. And erases the rest of your memory. Yeah. Well. Delightful. If it was mind control, she's not sure. She's just vastly uncomfortable by that possibility. Right. Uh, I think very last thing before we get in the ship and go, unless someone else has another thing, is is there a way for us to profit on the fact that there's now an unowned Cortosis mine? I mean, probably, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop by. Uh, I will say. It is a sabotaged cortosis mine. Yeah, and it is a, a heavily... known. It it is a known cortosis mine. Um, that you know, your corn pilot did make mention of like cargo ships that would come and go. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the cortosis is leaving Baldemnik, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Magrunin at least though. Uh, okay. Loop him and say high level. There's a cortosis mine. 
It's currently non-operational. It was under control of the enemy of a hut. And is wait, now wait, wait, under... wait. Oh, sorry? Before you would have gone and done this, Kiyama's going to stop you. And she's going to okay. say, why do we want someone to be using this? Um, I feel better about a power struggle than a power vacuum. Well, currently nobody knows that it's messed up. But they, do know, pe- but they do know that it's there. They know that it's there. They think it's working. I mean, I guess my point is, is if we give it to someone, they're going to fix it. And we're going to, I don't want this stuff out there. It terrifies me. My plan was to tell multiple people about this vacuum so that we get conflict over it. We can, we can just leave it if that is what you're feeling. But my concern is that there's nothing stopping from even Tenebris from returning tomorrow and just starting right back up. Well, the, letting... sab- the sabotage, well, but stop The that. sabotage, and he, I think he took himself with the others. Also, Tenebris, if he showed up tomorrow, like, we, a power vacuum wouldn't stop him, or a power struggle wouldn't stop him. He can mind control people, like... The concern I have is more what havoc do we wreak in our wake that will be more damaged than good. Currently with a cortosis mine, they can't make the armor, which I don't get I don't care about the other like I'm worried about the Empire using it, tr- um the Trade Federation, anybody. And there are not a lot of people who use lightsabers. I know a majority of them and it I'm worried of giving this advantage out there. Got it. She, my thought is that they're going to find out tomorrow if they haven't already found out. So that's sort of where I'm coming from. Because they're, they're shipments regularly. But um, I'm down to, to leave it be. But would be interested and at the very least being friendly with McGrinnan so he can let me sure. know if there's any more information coming from it. Because I would like to keep a finger on a pulse of this this mine getting rebuilt because in a world where you have infinite labor i don't know how long it stays broken right that yeah that makes i'm okay with that i'm good with so if you want to get back in touch with mcgroon and that'll be pretty easy i mean he's a he chills in the same place all the time yeah and he's a and he's a protocol droid made out of stained glass like it's uh pretty easy to find him again um he says yes we've been good friends so far and the removal of this source of cortosis makes the cortosis items I do have all the more valuable. Uh, so, in exchange for that favor, I'm willing to I'm willing to contact you again. Thanks. I give him a cup of hot oil or whatever the equivalent of coffee is for a droid. Sure. Uh, steaming hot, uh, steaming hot coolant. Yeah, exactly. It's a flash freeze. It's it's real refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> So you you make some contact arrangements with uh, McGrunan, and I think that'll uh, wrap up uh, Baldemnik for you guys. And that'll be an interesting. It'll be interesting for me to see how that plays out. So with uh, prisoners question mark freed and uh, a a finger on the pulse of Baldemnik, what uh, what comes next? for the intrepid crew you guys have seen and done a lot over the last several weeks i mean we're really close to Colomex again you guys want to go to the beach nice maybe we can find b13 again beach episode so 
The options as I see them, um, the things that make the most sense for me for the party to perhaps pursue again, um, you could return to Coruscant. You have, you know, different kinds of intel, maybe. Um, you could all end linking back up with the Republic and contributing to the war effort in some way makes sense if that's what you want to do. Um, you could always uh, go to Synect Ray. Um, Ronus does know the way and could guide Mia and getting some getting some input from Luke might help um, but also, having access to their archives would probably aid you guys a great deal in making sense of your uh, current situation. Is, um, the, is that also where we need to go in order to read these data disks? It's possible. They're not a format that you're necessarily familiar with, but archaic archival formats are something that the Jedi have had to deal with for thousands of years, so it's probably fairly likely that there's something that could make sense they- of do they look like holocrons? Uh, they do not. They're, okay. um, you know, they're the, just the data ge- files. Yeah, the, the the they look. Um, what's the best way to describe it? Like, there's a pretty standard data storage format in in the space battles universe. Uh, you know, you you saw those digit those uh, tape drive esque data disks in uh, First Thief, the movie. <laughs> But uh, if the if those if if that format is like VHS, uh, these look more like uh, Betamax or similar. You know, very uh, very analogous uh, shape to the standard format, but uh, different different size and definitely no interoperability. Okay. For our younger listeners, VHS was a video format that relied on a strip of magnetic tape that spun really fast Great. it was a lot of fun it was yep. sounds okay Especially if you've seen VHS machines ape tape mm-hmm. yep yep um there are also other wilder options like you could i don't know just assault the true empire head-on looking for the manifest um you you have all kinds of options but the the two that i mentioned probably make the most sense to me I just don't want you guys to get too lost in the weeds trying to figure out what comes next. The the other thing that I am curious about is, do we know where Bith are from? Yes, you do. Can you maybe ping that on this map? Give me one second. Or give me a quadrant to look in or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Bith have the, uh, their homeworld is a place called Clackdoor 7, and I will ping it on the map. That is quadrant M18. Ooh. The Clackdoor sector in the outer rim. Um. Oh, also another thing I'm realizing we didn't do. I I assume VC twenty. You can read everything too, right? Given enough time, you know what what these say when I show the the Bithian scribbles. Uh, VC twenty will begin translating. Yeah, give me uh, an education test. Um, and I'm going to add a blue die because you've tried to do uh, tra- re- translation like this before off of writing. Okay. Uh, you do not know what they say, unfortunately, VC20. You can confirm that uh, this is Bithian writing, but it looks like it is potentially some kind of cipher or 
some other usage of it that you're not familiar with before because you do read Bithian. You're you're confident in that. Um, but the way that it is presented is just nonsensical to you. Bithian thieves can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bithian druidic. Um yeah, I mean, my vote is Luke, so that we can maybe start reading some of this this neat knowledge stuff. Because yeah. apparently the Jedi are also the the AV nerds of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense to me. They've got all these holocrons, they've been collecting all this knowledge. Like, very few people outside of, like, bureaucratic structures have as much incentive to uh, maintain archival formats as the Jedi do. Um, uh, so we've, got, we've got one vote for Synect Ray. Uh, what are other thoughts? Yeah, I'm just fine going, but we'll just want to make sure that if we go back, and I know Ronus would know this too, but just be careful in case we're getting tracked. Sure. Um, Ronus actually suggests that um, you guys make a stop. He is going to recommend a planet um, so that you can not strip the parry down completely, but go through her thoroughly and look for bugs or beacons or anything of that nature. Yeah, that's a good idea. He's a smart cookie. I, I hope that this is actually just a ploy to get us to go to his favorite restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does not appear to be. Um, you guys stop over in a system called Belasco, which is in sort of unclaimed space uh, it is in between uh, it's it's another independent system um it is uh, how do i say this it's a very beautiful and wealthy planet uh it's, it's also monarchy and a little on the mm, little on the uptight side as ronus describes it uh, he doesn't seem terribly fond of going back there where is it uh it is Oh, Belasco, the there it is. Map. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, it's O11. And it, you can look, like, looking down on it, I mean, it's a beautiful green and blue orb in the middle of the vast void of space. It's, you know, looks wonderful. Um, but his description of the their very prudish culture and the very intense laws and a kind of uh, tension in his voice when he talks about... Um, even how seriously they take jaywalking makes you think that maybe avoiding the surface might be for the best. So while you're up in the uh, the the docking platform, can I get first a ro a mechanics roll from Mia to assist, and then based on the assistance, we will do a roll for Eshka to do mechanics to check the ship over. Use a light side point, guys. Use the light side point. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got six of them hanging out there. I up it by adding a green dice. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Add a green dice. And how long is it from where we were to Belasco? Where from where you were to Belasco, it's actually quite a ways. Probably about two weeks worth of travel. You have to take several sort of side hyper lanes. Uh, but you're okay. a, you're hundred percent sticking to the road because it's legitimately the fastest way to go. So I'm not even asking for an astrogation on Mia's part because the the Perry could do it if the front seat were empty. In honesty, you know that's fine. I just wanted to 
recover my strain if it had been enough time, which mm-hmm. it had. So, uh, so, so you guys are going to be able to uh, recover up to ten wounds just through the sheer power of resting. Um, if there are any critical injuries that need to be healed, all you'll need to do is someone can make me a medicine test shortly after Eshka makes her mechanics test, and as well, you can refresh all of your strain and. Eshka, can you please make me a mechanics test? I sure can. I have added a blue die for Lumia's successful assistance. Oh, thank you. Um, Let's see. Mechanics, mechanics. Woo! Three successes. Uh, You you pull the armor off of the parry, (laughs) mostly. You 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 dig through the bulkheads, you go through all the externals and a lot of the internals. Uh, You're... You're actually very confident that the ship is unbugged. And more to the point, uh, Ronus is uh, confident as well that it is unbugged. He feels comfortable taking everybody uh, to Synect Ray now. It turns out that uh, Synect Ray is through another segment of thick space, as we've kind of we've alluded to before, that is in between uh, Manan and Belasco. And if you notice, you're just slightly galactic north of Mimban as well. So we're we're playing all the hits today. And it takes you about four days to cover like a relatively tiny amount of actual distance, you know, in the grand scope of faster than light travel. And when you pop back into normal space, there is a series of sort of checks, a in assault on the main banks of the parry that uh, Ronas assures you is normal, essentially doing uh, friend and foe identification. Yama, you have seen this as well, as is G for that matter. The approach in is slow and there is no orbital docking station. There is just landing straight on the planet, just like everybody's dad used to do. And as Ronas directs you down, greeted with uh, something like this. Uh, Synec Ray is a planet of mountains, small atolls, impressive waterfalls, a lot of rivers, and um, some forests. A, a place of dramatic changes in altitude, coupled with a ever-running presence of shallow water. So... As the sun sets, you can see that there is like a long atoll of deciduous trees stretching across a broad and shallow lake near a ridge uh, packed with waterfalls. The temple is perched high on a nearby cliff with stairs carved into the mountain face for its ascent. Uh, The stairs actually take you behind the waterfall that runs underneath the temple itself. It's so pretty! Yeah, this is where you grew up. I mean, certainly there's an amount of nervousness because uh, you're, you know, returning uh, to where Luke is, but it's also this is where you spent your childhood. Yep. It's as much home as anything in the galaxy is. Uh, G, can you please give me a discipline test? Okay. G, you find yourself feeling extraordinarily uncomfortable as you survey the scene. You can't totally put your finger on why, um, but you are suffused with like a, a, 
it's bad vibes is what it boils down to. Um, you're you're nervous. You feel kind of on edge. Um, these beautiful things around you seem at all times to be hiding something to your eyes. You 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 feel your adrenaline spiking as you exit out onto this beautiful sunset vista. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna be extra wary, looking yeah. around. With three successes, you keep yourself in check. You don't do anything dumb or rash, but it's your 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 stomach definitely feels tense. So I have a question with G's uh, uh, chaos roll from last time. How? What does he feel like in the force? And this is something that I think we would have known before, but yeah, he feels pretty unpleasant in the force. Um, you know, you've kind of always sensed that he was a gray character, not necessarily dedicated more to light or dark. Um, but a- even after you know time away from Baldemnik, which may ha- you, you know could have influenced both his outlook, yours, what you were feeling off of him, um, it seems like he's taken some part of the darkness of that place with him. He he he, he doesn't. Um, they don't. They don't quite seem the way that they were. Um, Kiyama will pause as she's walking up to the temple, and will turn to Ji and say, "You're gonna get some weird looks if you <laughs> I'd try and keep it in check." If I were you, weird looks. Mm, they might not let you in. Kind of weird looks. Well, and she looks to. She'll look to Ronus and say, I mean, we can vouch for you, but just letting you know it's kind of obvious. I don't know what they'll do. I don't know if anybody... I don't know. Just wanted to give you a heads up. I appreciate it. With that, And with that said, the group proceeds up the stone stairs underneath the waterfall and around the bend of the cliff. You can see the temple rising in front of you. It's an old place, like many of the temples it's been claimed and abandoned and reclaimed many times and the most recent effort has been one of restoring its functionality rather than its aesthetics Uh, so the stone walls are covered in ivy and creepers and allowed to blend naturally with the surroundings there's no gate at the opening of the surrounding wall onto the main campus. Just a tall archway of stone uh, draped with hanging vines and ivy, or the Synecdoche alien version of ivy. Inside, you can see that there are apprentices uh, training. There are, you know, a, a crowd of younglings ranging in age from very clearly young children to late pubescents who have not attained knight status are practicing object movement uh, sitting quietly in rows with stones of various sizes in front of them lifting and moving rotating some of them as they practice fine control there are a pair of knights sparring with training sabers at the far end of the yard and uh, near the younglings uh, sitting in black robes is master luke as the six of you walk under the gate uh, without looking he waves and then 
curls his fingers to beckon you over. I'll walk over. Uh, you recognize several of the younglings. I mean, I'm not going to bother to name them all, but Anakin, uh, Mia's younger brother, is in there among them. going to give Anakin a hug. Okay. Uh, and you, his hair a little bit, even though he's probably too old for that kind of behavior. Yeah, he's one of the... He's one of the oldest ones in the group. Uh, he is shocked because, uh, you know, he's been sitting there quietly with his eyes closed. He didn't even notice you coming. Um, and there is a thunk as his rock drops to the ground. He goes, oh, man. Uh, and then realizing who it is, he hugs you back very tightly. Or How old is he? Uh, he is 14. Okay. Oh, so he's like the perfect age to do like a little nookie with. Okay, great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he is he is much taller than you. Uh, he is on track to become bigger than Ronas. Uh, his, <laughs> um, his hair, in contrast to Ronas's, is uh, kept very short. Uh, not like a not like a shave or a buzz cut. Just like a uh, a little bit more of the way the way that uh, his uncle Luke used to keep it back in his adventuring days. And as, you know, he hugs you back and uh, Luke takes a moment to dismiss the other younglings who kind of look curiously at these uh, visitors in their midst. And he walks over to where the two of you are. And Anakin says, what are you, what are you doing here? Have you, uh, he, he looks kind of excited. He says, did you find powers? Are you going to be training? He looks over at Luke. Oh, I know. Uh, Mia's going to shake her head and just say, no, but we came across, um, and she pauses because she realizes she probably shouldn't joke around about this in front of a bunch of Jedi kids. Um, and she turns to look to Uncle Luke and says, we found someone, um, pretty dark. Shall we go inside? Which is just about the most diplomatic thing Mia's ever done in her entire life. Yeah, he looks so proud. He looks at you kind of weird. And he goes, "Man, you spending too much time with mom." Uh, and, and he is gonna like sort of choke out a super surprised laugh. And he kind of looks at the six of you and realizes that the the whatever the situation is, it is way above his head, and that he. Uh, but most importantly of all, for a fourteen-year-old, that he does not care. And <laughs> so he is going to say, "Okay, you guys can go inside and have have fun." And he's gonna like run off, and so the the six of you are left standing there with Luke, who is looking over all of you serenely. He says, "What have you brought?" We encountered a Sith entity, um, and Mia's gonna look around. And I think so. I don't think Mia's told anyone about her insight yet. Mm-hmm. Because I think that she just assumed that someone else, she continues to assume that someone else would have thought it. Sure. So she's going to say now, like, it was someone who called himself Darth Tenebris. And, you know, we've encountered so many, I mean, we've encountered Darth Veleman, but I don't think Darth Tenebris was Darth Veleman's master. Like, it couldn't have been. He's such an ancient entity. And she sort of begins blabbering while everyone's, I imagine, sort of gaping at her. <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is a revelation um, to the other people who have not put this together before. This uh, this 
this chain of evil got broken and remade somewhere. Um, is there, and the other Jedi that were sparring, like, are we alone mm-hmm. in this courtyard or is it? Uh, no, they're still going. I mean, but they're, you know, maybe yeah. what, 20 meters away or so. Kiyama will ask Luke, is, can we go somewhere else to talk about this? I just don't, he I don't actually, know if you want it to be common knowledge. He actually responds kind of oddly and he holds up a finger telling you to wait. Oh my God. And he closes his eyes and there's a long pause before he opens them again and he addresses me and he says, no, the Velleman's master is still out there. Follow me. And he is going to lead you inside. This is not the living quarters that he is leading you into, but the archives. They go deep down into the cliff and in the tunnels you can hear the like the white noise rushing sound of the waterfall that is descending past the tunnels itself. Camel will roll her eyes at Ronus as Luke is being his dramatic self. <laughs> as always, just like fucking course. Down the down and down the passageway goes until you reach a central location. Gee, you're very familiar with these tunnels. This is where you got to spend a lot of your time when you were visiting Cynic Ray previously. Much less yeah. tense than I am now. Yeah, yeah. It was a much more comfortable and open situation. And but in like the central sort of access chamber where, you know, many other passageways lead off uh, to, you know, down which, you know, Luke has stored all of the holocrons that he's been able to gather and, and so on. He turns and he says, okay, tell me more. We went to a Cortosis mine on, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the planet. Baldemnik. Uh, Baldemnik. And um, while we were there, we encountered um, an Othian crystal possessed by the living spirit of an entity that called himself Darth Tenebris. He was able to um, take over the consciousnesses of those working in the mines, even up to creatures. Um, And I believe he's disposed of at this point, but we have information and artifacts from what I guess was his home before all of that. And we saw someone do something very similar with a rancor on Felucia by controlling it. And we just are here to here for your insight. And Kiyama just says that as nicely as she can. (laughs) Without choking on it. Yeah. He nods and, you know, there's a long period of thought where he's there's there's a long period where he's deep in thought uh, going so far as to stroke his beard uh, which has grown out to truly impressive and wizardly proportions at this point and he says i the the great evil that i went to tython to attempt to track down is still out there i still feel it like a constant pressure in my chest i don't think that vel that velamin is capable of the feat that you described with the rancor it doesn't seem like him he, he lacks the control necessary. Now, I think that what you interacted with was 
under the control of whoever Velamin's master was. It makes sense that it is one of the Sith Lords in between. Supposedly they were all slain all by their apprentices. That's the way of these things. Supposedly Tenebris was slain by Plagueis. Plagueis was slain by Sidious and Sidious by Vader. But well, then someone's a liar. And someone Extra is a liar. Says. Yeah. <laughs> I, Luke, Luke looks over at you and uh, he actually smiles, Eshka, and he says, someone is a liar. Or someone along that chain was tricked. I saw both Sidious and Vader die with my own two eyes. And you've told me about what, look, what looked like some kind of failed cloning attempt on Sidious's part. So it's possible that that's who is behind this, but why would he leave all those other experiments? Why would he leave behind his ship? What about the panicked message? I, it doesn't add up. He is going to do an insight roll. Sure. Um, to ascertain. I mostly... Um, or what do I use instead of insight since there isn't insight in this game? Well, that's kind of what I'm trying to get to. What is she, what is she thinking about? Like, what is she, what are you thinking I are the pieces she... Didn't Tenebris mentioned Plegus mentioned maybe even, or like, if I'm remembering correctly, which I might not be, mm-hmm. um, I think he mentioned Plegus mm-hmm. and I think she, I want to know how much of a connection she's making to Sidious equals Palpatine. Sidious is in the same line, like trying to just sort of gauge how much she's putting together here of all of the different players involved and also specifically about the mention of Plegus. Sure. Um, so actually what I'll say is that uh, everybody listening can give me a lore test. Would, for Kiyama and Ronus, would they have... I feel like Luke would have told them that Palpatine was Sidious. At yeah. The very, like, that's common knowledge to them okay right i don't know about the rest of the world but eshka has long had inexplicable knowledge of darth sidious so <laughs> no like her, her success there isn't makes some sense kind of like eshka palpatine storyline going on I'm yeah really <laughs> oh my god it. please no like fuck <laughs> Ray palpatine but like here for eshka palpatine because like there's just something so delightful about her being a literal gremlin who like isn't even human <laughs> Somehow being related to this man. Somehow, I love like Disney. I just really like how Eshka seems in tune with whatever actually seems to be happening behind the curtains. I know, like it's because <laughs> the outer. Practical. Well, it's like all that outer rim stuff, y'all. Like, there's no rules. They just there's no hush hush. Everything is out there. No rules, <laughs> just right. <laughs> yeah, she's a very no bullshit kind of gal, so all the bullshit and flim-flammery covering stuff up, she just, like, wades through it, like, like... Somehow Eshka returned. (laughs) (laughs) All the the stories and stuff you hear out in pod racing, like, on the back, you know, backwaters of the galaxy, something has to be true. That's true. She's She's probably heard a lot of shit. She's heard a lot of whoppers, yeah. So, every once in a while, one comes through. <laughs> so both Eshka and G have put some pieces together here, I'll say. Uh, so Eshka, it, it, it falls into place pretty quickly. Like, Tenebris mentioned Plagueis. Um, and kind of by process of elimination, like, if you assume that 
all of them are potentially secretly still alive somehow, um, unless their death is confirmed. Like, you guys just saw Tenebris probably die, and he's also probably not Veleman's master. Uh, Luke saw Sidious go down, and based on, you know, things you've heard, like previous understanding you've had, and, you know, Palpy ship, um, you understand that the person known as Emperor Palpatine is Darth Sidious, and that he just sort of left behind dozens of tanks full of clones in a collapsed facility. That's not something that somebody who's alive and operational does. Um, so it's probably Plagueis, right? That's kind of the conclusion that you're at right now, like the level of certainty that you have. Like, it's the only person left, unless it's somebody even older. Uh, um, G, what you've kind of come to with three successes is, Plagueis mentioned directly teaching, or uh, excuse me, Tenebris mentioned directly teaching a lot of these things to Plagueis. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps he has some kind of further mastery that's let him go undetected up until now. Um, that's the cuts what kind of occurs to you is like, sure, if, you know, you know, he could be mind controlling somebody and make them think that he was dead or similar. Also, apocryph, you know, he even had power over life and death. By all accounts, this was a very powerful figure. And we're just supposed to take the word of the biggest liar that the galaxy's ever known that he's dead. Mm. There's a lot. There, there's a lot to be said for Plagueis still being alive. Is what you're thinking right now? Yeah, especially when it's kind of we're. What is kind of, life necessarily? Right. If you yeah. sense, are you sensing the body, the soul, or the combination of both? Right. Kim is going to remember back when they were on Exegol. There was a repeating hologram of a dark-robed figure that spoke out to them. Mm-hmm. Was there any visual? I think it was hooded or something. We couldn't see what they looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... I'm going to say that you can give me a perception test as you're, as you're thinking about Exegol again, and the vividness of the memory comes back. Okay, I'm going to use a light side point. Seems good. Uh, perception, so I'm going to add a green... So I added some blue dice in there because you've seen the person since then. Uh, that oh, person, that person was one hundred percent Velamin. Okay, the- all right. Two successes. That was Velamin, and he specifically made mention of my master has destroyed this place. Okay, lending much further credence to his master's not Sidious. Yeah, Yama will turn to Luke and ask, "Where's Angamar?" I. Looks at you strangely. Says, it's... why? Might be the answer you're looking for. Why won't you tell me? Um, because I, Brian, am looking up the exact... Oh. <laughs> no, she meant that to Luke. But. Yeah. He's, he says it's in true Empire space. Why? You're troubled. When we were on Exegol, and there was a projection of Velamin... I guess it could sort of been a challenge, but as if you wanted to find, it sounded like find his master or find the knowledge or whatever to go to Angamar. I Agam- that's where Angamar's a important strategic point in the True Empire. It's uh, he looks at you for a long time as his voice kind of trails off, and then he actually just smiles. He says, "You know what? I've 
me trying to protect you has never done anything but put you in more danger. So if you think that your path lie it lies that way, I trust it. Go to Agamar and find out what you can then. I'm not saying I necessarily want to, but I was just wondering what, what was there and what you knew of it. It's, it's it's an imperial fortress world. The the moths have defended it heavily, and it stands at a crossroads crossroad of hyperlanes. It's not relevant in Sith lore, so far as I know. Okay, it's just a hunch, anyways. I don't think it. I don't know. I'll look into it more. Stay the night. Stay for a few days. Sit in peace and listen to your feelings until you know what your path is. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he looks over at Ronas and at Xi, who are carrying the big bags of the data disks, and just raises an eyebrow. Uh, Ronas quickly explains that there are things recovered from the the ruins uh, that the Tenebris was inhabiting. And upon showing one of the disks to Luke... Uh, Luke points you down a corridor where he believes that there is a machine that could potentially read them. Uh, so you guys have now a few days where you can make some plans, um, you know, deal with this revelation that mm, maybe Darth Plagueis is alive in some fashion and mentoring uh, Darth Velleman and, you know, potentially look into pursuing this uh, this path of getting onto Agamar and perhaps finding Velamin again, perhaps looking for a way to recover recover the manifest. So many options. Um I know one thing Kiyama would want to do during her downtime, and she probably would have been trying to do this during a lot of the downtime so far. Um I just don't know if it's possible. Hang on uh, with your Jedi friends? No, she I mean yeah, she'll do want to do that. But she would, especially since Ronus was traveling with them, she would have been wanting him to see if he could help her figure out how to do that dream messaging thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That is a worthwhile pursuit. Um, so let's let's say that you guys are going to take three days on Synect Ray then. Um, this seems like a good... Uh, stopping point. We're almost at 10 o'clock for tonight, and narratively, you guys have completed several beats, and you're going to be hanging around. Uh, you you got you got a sort of interim beach episode anyway, which I think is nice for everybody involved. It's a um, lake. It's a lake trip. Yeah, you got you guys have a lake trip. I mean, um, it is a lake trip that fundamentally does not jive with the core of my being right now. Yeah. It's it's it is it is a lake trip that fills G with existential terror. There's something in that shallow water. Yeah, but that's kind of there.